Welcome back to Wild October on Wild Quincy. Chris Ketters with Travis Hoffman. And Travis, are you ready to go back to school? That's right. I've got my books my books covered with a nice uh, paper bag. They're looking fancy, and I'm ready to do this thing, Chris. I miss those days. That was fun. I hated Always it. I hated it. You didn't covers? like the paper bag on the... on the. Yeah, really? Why? I don't know. I, I, me and origami never grooved, I guess. But I could never... <laughs> that, that stuff... I, I, it was always like horrendously taped and... Not it's my like two moments. folds. I'm not, mm, not, not, my, not my bag, man. <laughs> I always thought that it was always disappointing that you covered the cover of the book and then you can never see the cover. I'm like, what's the point of having a cover of a book if you're covering it with something else? I kind of defaced a few books in high school, <laughs> all honesty, with some really a really badass drawing of Jimi Hendrix on, on one of my, I think, geometry or pre-algebra books. Come to think of it. Yeah. Should have had a book cover. It was on the inside back cover, so it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think was it at least a music class. No, it was pre-algebra. I think <laughs> that <laughs> might explain <laughs> why I never excelled in pre-algebra. I was too busy right? drawing. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. that's all right. Well, the reason we're talking about school stuff is because as we go through our wild October, we're in week two, and this week is all about schools. We start at grade school. We work our way to college. And uh, we talk about all the locations. And Travis, before we get started, one of the things, you know, as a paranormal investigator, I found very intriguing the locations that are more often than not that are haunted. It seems like when we go to a theater, yeah. it always seems haunted. A hospital is always notorious for being active. Sure. And then also schools and churches. That is interesting. Why do you figure that is? You know, we, we've pondered this because there's specifically a church and we'll be talking about Bobby coming up here towards the end of the episodes we get into the next few weeks. But we visited a church that Bobby attends in Hillsboro, Missouri. We actually investigated the place and we got to talking about that same subject. Why are these churches so active? And we got to thinking like, or anything in general with a lot of people coming in. And we got to thinking that it has to do with some sort of residual energy, possibly. Because okay. when you get large amounts of people that are going to one location, it creates a lot of energy. And, you know, it gives a, it could give spirits the opportunity to use that energy to express themselves or become known. Where if you have an old abandoned house with nobody ever visiting it, you know you may not have as much activity or or a house in general. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, that makes sense. It adds up. You got church. You got spiritual energy potentially of some variety in high schools. You got uh, that teen angst. I don't know. You might be yeah. onto something there. Or we could just be blowing this out of you know what? I, who knows? It's paranormal. Nobody knows. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you got what you paid for. Yeah, exactly. But we're going to dive in here, and we're going to start at grade school, Travis, a former grade school. Unfortunately, no longer. Uh, it's around. Luckily, this is one of those places that is uh, still existent today, but it's not used as a school because of those big changes that the Quincy Public School District did back a few years ago. And we're going to be talking first and foremost about none other than Madison School. Oh, yes. One of the other epicenters of the paranormal lore here in Quincy. Yes. How, how many times just in passing do you hear about this place of being haunted? A lot. Yeah. Hear about it from a lot of people. And uh, I've had the opportunity to actually investigate it, which we'll talk Ooh, about in a few minutes. Okay. So, Interesting. But, 
Let's give you the history first. Built in 1890, Madison School was the oldest school in the district until all the new elementary schools were built in the Quincy area back in 2019. So before that, Madison was technically the first school built in the Quincy area, which gotcha. is pretty pretty crazy if you think about it. Yeah, that's wild. I wouldn't guess that. So we go to kind of talking about why it potentially may be haunted. And Travis, you hit this up a couple times in last week when we talked about uh, Ghost Hollow Road. And we talked about some of these other places that have more of a folklore tale to them, potentially. And maybe this is one of those, but we'll uh, talk about that in a minute. The story comes from Troy Taylor, and uh, he's a well-known Illinois ghost hunter and does a lot of books. And uh, Troy says this in one of his books, says, A woman was once brutally murdered in a house that stood at the site, and her killer was never found. Residents who moved into the house were unable to remove the bloody evidence of the crime from the oak floorboards. They reported many strange and unexplained sounds in the house from doors opening to that of a body being dragged down the steps. It was not until later that the woman who had been killed in the house had been slain on the second floor and her body dragged downstairs and stuffed into a small closet. They didn't realize that was the case. Right. I've heard, that's a story I've heard a lot. Yeah. So finally, the house was torn down to build the school site, and uh, it's also believed to be currently haunted and some claim that a mysterious fire that broke out in 1982, which almost destroyed the school, was also paranormal in origin. So that is a look at Madison School. There's a website you can check out. It's hit and miss. It's literally anybody can go on there and post something about a, a ghostly encounter. Right. Uh, it's a website called ghostofamerica.com. There was a couple Madison School references on there I want to give you real quick. Uh, the first one here was, I was a student at Madison School back in 2007. I was in second grade and went to the restroom on the first floor. As I was leaving to go back to class, I heard the whisper of a voice call my name twice and echo up the stairs. I called back, but no one answered. I went back to see what or who might have called by name, but nobody was there. I ran back to class as fast as I could. Hmm. Okay, any other ones? Yeah, one more. There are many experiences that happen at the school I still speak of to no one. It's now 2016 when this was posted. Almost 10 years have passed. I recently drove by Madison Park on Main Street between the park and the school. I glanced at it with my eyes and looked away really quick. I instantly felt like I was sitting in the passenger seat of my truck. I'm going to reread that. I wow. instantly felt like it was sitting in the passenger seat of my truck. Now, when I got to the traffic light and passed 24th of Maine, it was gone. The hunting is still active, and these things only happen when I am alone. So, hold on. Let's, let's, let's yeah. Dive. So, they felt like some kind of paranormal entity entered their passenger seat yes. while passing the school. The school, right. Interesting. That's yeah, a new it's one. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? I'm going to tell you about my background experience in this. So, and I kind of mentioned this before, I believe, on, on the podcast, but we... Uh, I shouldn't say we, it was me and another girl. We were in Mr. Terry's Retin Comp class at John Wood yeah. way back in the day. And so we had to do something. I don't remember what the subject line was, but we decided we were going to go and do a, uh, a story or a, whatever, write up on Madison School and be haunted. Luckily for us, the lady that I was doing this subject with was somebody that knew the janitor of the school. 
Okay. And so we had the opportunity one night around, I would say, 7 or 8 o'clock to go and investigate the building as uh, we were there that night. We didn't have a lot happen. We did hear some more stories. There's been a lot of stories about teachers talking about how papers will get knocked off the wall and doors will slam and shut really quickly. But the coolest story and the one that stuck with me the most was actually a story that came directly from the janitor himself. He talked about one night, this uh, Madison school, it has three floors and it has an attic. And this attic, they keep for storage. They don't really use it for anything else besides storage. So uh, one night he was working and he got done. He hit out to his truck and he looked back at the school, found out the lights were on in the attic. So he's like, well, crap, I got to go in and shut those off. So he goes back in, goes all the way up to the attic, shuts the lights off, goes all the way back down to the truck, looks back at the building, and guess what? Mm, that light was probably back on. I had to guess. The lights turned back on, and he said, nope, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> That's a day. Yep. So that was a story that really stuck with me. But again, we didn't really have any experiences when we went there. I'm hoping that at some point in time we might get a chance to do an official investigation of Madison School as things go on. I'm, I believe it just got purchased by somebody. I think they're talking about possibly turning into like housing. Mm. Uh, so we'll have to see how that, you know, we may five years from now, if that's the case, we may have a lot more ghost stories to talk about when it comes to Madison School. Yeah, I I, I have personally never experienced anything or even been in the, the building, but it's one of those situations that much like yourself where you hear a lot from friend of a friend who was a teacher there or something. What do you think? We kind of get down the rabbit hole of talking fact or fiction. Where do you come down on this? Let's let's step back for just a minute. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Uh, again, and we didn't mention this. We've had multiple times where we were going to start doing our <laughs> recording, and then we got into rabbit holes and spent four hours trying yeah. to research stuff. And then That's we're right. like, okay, we'll record a different time because we spent all of our time researching. But this was one of those subjects, and Travis, I guess I'll have you jump in here and talk about that. What do you remember about what we did with this location? Like most folklore stories, it's very vague, the details, like the, the quote-unquote official story here of the woman being murdered in the house, being you know murdered upstairs, drugged downstairs, house being flattened, and Madison School being built on that location. So we decided to kind of look into actual historical research to see if we could find any kind of mention of a murder in this you know specific area. Again, we don't really even have a time frame to look at. All we know is, you know, 1890s, I believe you said, Chris, was when it was built. The historical archives are a little iffy below in the late 1880s. So possibly, but it kind of feels like, I don't know if there was ever a house there. There's a specific type of map that was built back in the day. And what they were used for was for fire protection. So if you were trying to get fire insurance or something, you had to be within this region of your fire departments and they would make these maps of your city maps that would show like the locations of these places. And so we came across a map and it actually goes back to 1898 is when this map came out. And uh, it's called the Sanborn maps, the Sanborn fire maps. So we took a look at this location and, and the it has Madison School on the 1898 map. So, I mean, yeah. obviously that makes sense. The weird thing about it is if you take a look at an 1890 map, 
1890 map doesn't even go out that far, which would suggest that the roads weren't even developed that far out. That seems to add up. I mean, you look at what the edge of town was that far back, only in the, I want to say, 60s and 1960s, 1970s, the edge of town was significantly closer to, uh, what what would you say, 36 and... In Broadway-ish? I mean, 40th? What time frame? I would say maybe in the 60s or 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just think about yeah. when we were growing up. I mean, once sure. you got to, like, Kmart, uh, Fergie Auto Parts, that area, you were kind of at the edge of town. Now it's all the way up to, like, what, 72nd or right. something like that? So you you subtract 100 years, you know, a little less than 100 years from that. That's very believable to think that 24th and Maine was probably out near the boonies in, yeah. you know, in correlation to what Quincy was considered. So take that into consideration is that if you didn't have these houses that were necessarily getting that far out of town, that chances would be very unlikely that they would be tearing a house down to build a school. Right. And especially in that situation, it doesn't make any lot of sense when you have these open areas that are outside. You know, again, 1890s, you're looking, you know, anything, as Travis just said, anything past 24th Street, there's not going to be anything. So why would you specifically tear down a building or a house to build a school when you have all this open land all around it? There was, There's no value in that. So that's where I think you come into an issue with this story in particular that makes it to where maybe it's not accurate. And then secondly, real quick, is just the idea that um, is that, you know, you have these folklore stories and, and you don't have any proof. We've tried finding, as Travis yeah. mentioned, we tried to find evidence of a murder that happened on Main Street. We did ironically come across a very odd story about a uh, Chinese immigrant that was running a laundromat in Hannibal that right. or in Quincy that died. On Main Street, which may not be a future Wild Quincy right, episode, right. Uh, because that was a completely different rabbit hole we ended up going down. But we couldn't find any evidence of some woman being murdered in her house. And I think, again, that leans into, if you want to call it a fake or folklore, personally, I got to lean more towards the folklore story just because of that. Yeah, to, to piggyback off what you're talking about, Chris, those familiar with Quincy history know that the Mission Institute, which was kind of related with the abolitionist movement, was out where Chaddock, the campus, is. And there's some reports historically in the newspaper that the area where Madison School sits may have also kind of been on campus, so to speak, for this. So it almost sounds like there may have already been something there that wasn't residential housing in the first place. And in fact, part of Madison School, it seems like it went up in different stages, and maybe it was not on the exact footprint of what it is today, because it seemed like I yeah I I don't remember the date off the top of my head. I believe that it was actually burned down one of the early buildings because from uh, like pro slavery people who knew about the abolitionist movement that was involved with that mission institute. There's a lot of weird little tangents of history that intersect there, which which nothing you know mentions this this residential house being raised to create this the actual building. However. As Quincians will also know, 24th and Maine, which Madison Park, was also one of the first cemeteries in Quincy. A lot of the majority of those graves, the majority, I say, were moved down to Woodland Cemetery much later. 
I forget exactly what if this specific cemetery had a name, but if you want to start talking about paranormal, that may open the door of where did that cemetery stretch to? On could have been on the other side of Main Street too. You make a great point, Travis, because maybe it was misdirected. The paranormal aspects of Madison School may be in existence. But it's misdirected on how the originality of this paranormal incident occurred. You know, when you talk paranormal, you talk about something that was brutal or, right. um, you know, there's some sort of stress in when they passed away. But also, you hear about paranormal activity when you have unmarked graves. Right. <laughs> right. So Madison Park, right across the street, also in that 1898 uh, map. It shows Madison Park is also there on that map. So all that creation was happening. Who's to say there's not, you know, when they built that, they didn't build it on top of, of you know, on cemetery plots. Uh, so, and, and who knows? I, I don't want to, again, who cares? Because nobody's alive that would have made this cover up anyway. <laughs> but who who's to say there wasn't a cover up that when stuff started happening, they're like, oh, it, it's it was a house back in the day because this lady died there. But what in reality was that person's like, we're covering it up because we know we freaking built this school on top of graves. So yeah, it, I think and you know, I, we're, we are lovers, not experts of local history. But we I think in the 1890s when these maps were would have been around, I believe that the majority of those bodies had already been relocated at that, that point because John Wood himself was instrumental at setting up Woodland Cemetery. And, you know, his heyday was, you know, I think before the, that map. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's very likely, especially if you take into consideration, you know, kind of pauper's graves that were not really marked. I see very high likelihoods if. Maybe there were various influenza breakouts, cholera epidemics. I don't know exactly when all those t- those timelines line up, but the odds of other bodies being buried in proximity to that cemetery that might predate, you know, Main Street being a, a beaten path. Yeah, that could totally be the case. Unmarked graves. And I think we've talked about this before, but another big one. I know that Travis, you were like, "Let's get the GPRs out there because right, right. Uh, there's it, it's not John Smith, but it was the person after John Smith with the Mormons that ran the Mormon." You know, oh yeah, oh, his father gosh. potentially is buried in Madison's Park oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, you're testing my 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 yeah. recall. Well, but, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, so there's thoughts that there is definitely bodies that are still buried in the. Oh Madison yeah, Park it's area. it's a fact. There's not even you know thoughts. It's factual. So, prop maybe the paranormal's a fact, but the folklore behind the paranormal may be misstruded. I think that's the best way to to go about this part. Yeah, there's so many stories that it. I would I would say the factual side is maybe something's happening. I think the origin story is probably ninety five percent folklore. Yeah. So we finally get done with uh, our grade school experience, Travis. Now we're going to move on to junior high, and uh, we're going to go to Quincy Junior High for our next experience. Okay. What do you got? Located on 14th and Main. It was built in 1933. It started as a high school, actually, for students through grades 10 through 12. Then a few years later, in 1937, they added 8th and 9th graders. So it was pretty much a traditional freshman through senior high school. However, in 1957, it became too small for the high school. So they had to build Quincy Senior High. When they built Quincy Senior High in 1957, the 10th through 12th graders went to the new senior high building. The 9th graders remained. Then what they decided to do was add the 7th and 8th grade. So now Quincy Junior High was 7th, 8th, and 9th. 
Then in 2016, just to keep you updated, in case you didn't know, the Quincy Junior High now serves sixth through eighth graders, ninth graders at senior high now. So they can't jump around every 40 years or so on making those changes. That may have been adjusted again. I don't remember, to be real honest with you. That was according to the Quincy was Public okay. School District website. So unless they have an update, but yeah, if we're wrong on that, let us know. No, you're probably right. I'm, my kids are a little underneath the junior high levels. You'll so find out in a know. few years. Yeah, exactly. It's, right it's coming yeah, down the road. So. Back in 2014, however, the junior high was featured on a website called True Illinois Haunts. And it was featured, uh, this uh, True Illinois Haunts was a page about the top 10 most haunted schools in Illinois. In mm. the Quincy Junior High School fell on the list at the number seven spot. Number seven. Wow. Number seven. And also, if you want to check this out, we've given a lot of love. We, of course, love Doc Holiday and the gang at uh, the new 100.9, the Eagle. Of course, they always have a really cool blog post that I yeah, stole great from about them. That. Uh, back a few years ago, they had a, a story about Quincy Junior High School and it said in the blog post about uh, a newsletter that uh, the junior high did and having reporters seen a ghost of a young boy who, according to legend, hung himself in one of the bathrooms after being dumped by his girlfriend. The newsletter continues to say that every year on the anniversary of his death, students and teachers are said to hear footsteps crying and mumbling in the bathroom. Hmm. And I've heard uh, th- there are some other stories that are out there. I didn't I didn't save them, but I know there are some other stories about. Uh, I believe it's like once you get a upper floors, like third and fourth floor, uh, a lot of people don't use the bathroom on the uh, the top floor because of that. Uh, there's they're kind of nervous about being up there. Uh, so a lot of people have reported about those stories. So that's Quincy Junior High School. And again, if you want to go to the fact of folklore. Man, I'll tell you what, again, we might talk about the schools being haunted in general, but that seems like a folklore story to me. Yeah, that that screams folklore. There is one mention I've heard people say, my wife specifically, that there's some back hallways that weren't maybe heavily utilized at one point that were probably just creepy and since they weren't used a lot. I can't give you exact stories of what, what, what were the alleged things that happened there. But nothing, nothing about any of those stories screams fact to me. I mean, that feels like classic scenarios, like crybaby bridges. They're everywhere. <laughs> that, that kid that got, you know, that killed himself. I don't think there's any any factual records of that ever happening. I will have to, we will have to look to verify that. But if someone knows of a factual record of a kid hanging himself. That's cool. I'd love to know for sure, but I don't think it's out there if I had to guess. And that's a good point. So, I mean, and honestly, it probably wouldn't be that hard to look up because you think no. about 1933 was the start of that. So it really wouldn't be that hard to go 1933 yeah. to um, 1960s to find out. If I was possible. a betting man, I'd say that that's all bunk. Yeah, I would agree. And, and you also have to consider that it's a junior high school. So what you're looking at, like, what, 12, 11 to 14? 14 in age range well i was thinking when it was a senior high though yeah well no yeah. no 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 no. i'm talking about in current standards with oh, you okay. know yeah if you have if you're a younger you know junior high or younger kid your imagination could run a little bit more wild oh and, totally and how many times when you were growing up were you by yourself and, and you had something dark behind you and you started running because you were afraid something was following you i mean <laughs> that happened a lot speaking but. of that what's behind you right now chris what the Oh, that's just fine. No, <laughs> funnily, uh, funnily, that's not a word. Strangely, the one time that I've been in in the junior high myself, or one of the few times I take that back, was a couple years ago when they had a trick or treat situation mm. where you could bring your younger kids, and it was like haunted hallways, 
and the lights were off in a lot of areas. And that is a genuinely creepy. I can see where the creep factor would be pretty high. You know what I'm saying? It's a what a 90 year old building now. Well, it's it's I mean, I think a lot of people in the architectural world in Quincy would say it's the gem of anything we have in Quincy is that really itself. The only building with a gargoyle. In the, oh, in yeah, Quincy. that's right. And the whole uh, old pool that used to be underneath the, the gymnasium, I believe. I think it's still accessible through like the back channels. Oh, um, snap. I yeah, so that. lots of cool history. And of course, a hey, beautiful theater. We're, yes. we're wild Quincy, but <laughs> I, w- if we could pull any strings, if you guys know anybody that could get us in there to check that stuff out, I would love to check that stuff out. Maybe we would actually end up doing a Quincy Junior High a wild Quincy episode down the road. So you never I mean, know the, you the never architectural know. history of that seems a lot of fun. So if we can get in, <laughs> <laughs> we might do one of those, but I'm a that's proud a look- parent of the Quincy public school system. So there you go. Uh, so <laughs> I was, you know, actually that actually reminds me of something about going back to Madison school. When we did that, the principal told us they don't have a problem with, us with doing that, but we weren't allowed to tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure <laughs> so we, because they didn't want to make the kids nervous or scared. Oh, but yeah. Now yeah. the school's closed. So now that's, Use. We want to hear your stories. If you have any experiences with any of these places we're talking about, hit us up on the Facebook page, wildquincy at gmail.com or on wildquincy.com or website in the comments. So junior high is over. You got a choice. You can go to Quincy Senior High or you can go to your alma mater, and that is Quincy Notre Dame. That's right. Well, well yeah. you got the school is not haunted, Travis, as far as we know. However, the soccer field might be. This is, I have not heard this, so I'm curious to see what you dug up here. This was kind of a piecing things together. It was a story I found again on that website. We were talking about ghostofamerica.com. And I'm going to read you what was written, and then you can kind of make your own conclusions. And Travis, kind of give me some thoughts on what you think. But here, here's what it was said. When I was a kid, I lived in a house down the road from Quincy, Notre Dame. This place was not only spooky, but it was indeed haunted. It has since been torn down to make room for the Q&D soccer field. However, the night before we were all moved in, my older sister spent the night there by herself. There was a door that was locked. You need a skeleton key to open it. Wow, that tells you how old yeah, that yeah, house is. That's, that's getting up there. The next morning, when she woke, the door was wide open. Things would turn off and on by themselves, and things would just fly across the room. You Mm. couldn't go downstairs at night because you felt like someone was watching you. If you did go downstairs, you ran backwards up the stairs, or you would fall, and it would feel like someone had just pushed you down. Well, let's let's call that one out. Have you ever run backwards up the stairs before? (laughs) That sounds like a feat feat of... I've hauled butt up the stairs before. Running backwards seems like there's a high probability you're going to end up on your butt either way. So, I don't know. That can be a smart... smart A little bit more here. Uh, There uh, there would also be times if you looked out the window, you would catch a glimpse of a guy in overalls standing in the garden out back just staring at the house. That's spooky. Also, a few weeks after we moved in, a few people knocked on the door and told us a story. The story was that a woman had killed her two daughters and herself in the house quite a few years before. Of course, they they said, yeah, they said the house was, in fact, haunted. I don't remember the exact address, but I believe it was on Harrison Street. Interesting. Interesting. So here's where the concept comes, Travis. You got a haunted house. And we talked about this in the last episode with St. Mary's. You got a haunted building. They tear the building down. Where are the ghosts going to go? Well, they already had cleats on. So I guess (laughs) 
the soccer field looked pretty good. I think our next step in this process is we need to talk to Quincy Notre Dame and say, we'd like to spend the evening on your soccer field. <laughs> it's <laughs> not that weird at all. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Anyway, it's a good concept. I don't think anybody's put the pieces together that the Quincy Notre Dame soccer field may be haunted. Yeah, I, hmm. That is intriguing. Very, very there's good story. I will say the the running up backwards up the steps. Okay, I'll give you that one. But some of the other stuff that she's saying here is actually kind of scary. Oh, it, absolutely. It's it's concerning. What the reality side of things? I'd be interested to see again if there's any mention of this kind of you know murder. If anything checks out factually, also. It's something with these stories compared to like again Ghost Hollow Road or Burton Cave, is this story it's not about the fingerprints on the back of the car kind of thing. It's not right. something that you hear all the time. And I think anytime you hear a ghost story, and this is just my personal opinion, anytime you hear a ghost story, if you hear stuff that you've heard before, then somebody's been watching a movie. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, even when we investigated like private residences, when I was active in paranormal investigating, we would take a little sneak peek at your movie collection if it was visible, <laughs> because that would tell us a lot about who you were as a person. If you were watching, if you had signs and um, Sixth Sense and the paranormal activity movies, then we're like, okay, you're into the paranormal. You may want this to be happening. Absolutely. Really. So, keep that in mind but these stories are very intriguing because they seem very original so that qnd soccer field is another location potentially haunted in the area maybe like an angels in the outfield scenario going on here <laughs> oh, i mean nice. field of is dreams. that a competitive advantage or disadvantage do you think they you know the qnd soccer team has been very strong <laughs> if you build it they will come i've heard so we'll have to see what happens <laughs> See All what right. the stats are on the soccer seasons from They're like when good. that soccer field was there versus yeah. when it wasn't. Oh, that's a good. We'll point. get uh, Chris Dewar and Matt Shuckman lined up here to have a have a paranormal <laughs> sports crossover. It'll be exciting. Oh, I like that episode idea. <laughs> I love it. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Plus, again, we're getting into that whole idea of some sort of evil entity dealing right. with a Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. But call uh, it football because he's, he's old school. Don't call it yeah. soccer. Yeah. That ghost yeah, will right. not respond. Yeah. yeah. That's when it all goes downhill. You'll notice him. He's the guy in the overalls and the cleats. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, he's got a, he's got a hoe in his hand. That's right. Yeah. All right. So we graduated high school. Travis, where are we going to go? We got a couple options. Of course, we can do that. John Wood, as we mentioned earlier, or, we, you know, maybe we don't want to do a two-year option. Maybe we want to go to some sort of training and maybe... We'll go to Jim City College. Why not? It's there. It's ready. Yeah. There's nothing spooky going on there, is there? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> 700 State Street is where Jim City College is. Uh, Jim City College, of course, got its start back in 1870. It's well known, actually, uh, throughout the area, maybe even throughout the Midwest, is one of the best training institutions for careers in business, industry, and government. The building in question, however, was built in 1964. It housed the Quincy Beauty Academy, which later became a division of the Jim City College, and it has been in continuous operation since 1945. One of the stories, and there's more, but this is the only one that we can actually find. It talks about a man is often spotted peering out of a door at Jim City College. Two women, a mother and daughter, are often seen wandering the halls of the Beauty Academy. That's so, strange to me. A mother and a daughter. That's a weird that one-two punch, right? That's another unique. You don't hear multiple ghosts in one location. It's a family affair. Time. 
Yeah, well, maybe dad's like watching out the door. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a maybe it's a whole family situation. Yeah, yeah. We don't have any background story like uh, murder or anything like that. We really haven't taken the time to be honest with you to 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 dig. Now you're at Seventh and State. That yeah. would be around for multiple years. I mean, Seventh and States. You're looking 1850s, 1860s when that probably would have got going in that area. Yeah, yeah. There's some history there. There's definitely some history in that neck of the woods. That story coming from again, ghostofamerica.com, and uh, that's a look at Jim City. We don't have a lot of n- enough story, but I would go more towards the factual side just because of the uniqueness of those uh, stories. So that's yeah, I'd story. love to hear anybody who has any first-hand accounts or can expand upon any of these stories. Like we said, we always love to be corrected and informed if uh, if we're not shooting straight here. So let us know. So uh, maybe we decide to go into the Beauty Academy is not quite right for us. I want uh, the four-year path, Chris. Go four-year. Well, let's go to none other than Quincy University and maybe, just maybe, one of the most haunted locations in the Quincy area. Certainly has some stories. Not only have stories, but it also has different locations that are got some right. activity going on. We don't have a lot of stories to tell you about with Quincy University. However, we can tell you about an article that was written on QUmedia.net. And if we ever get a chance, Travis, I think we should do this sometime. Uh, we got to get Brother Ed. Uh, Brother Ed's a very notorious uh, name in the Quincy University world and also right. in the paranormal world in, in Quincy. Brother Ed got us uh, connected and was actually at our first investigation of Woodland Cemetery oh, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, he's he's well known. He knows the history. He knows you know Woodland Cemetery's history. And anytime we needed information, we'd always contact him. Well, it's funny because this newspaper article that was out of this QUmedia.net website kind of kind of throws the hammer down on Brother Ed, uh, is mentioning that he uh, he kind of revs up the engines on a lot of these uh, haunted <laughs> haunted aspects. I think he's University. got a pretty good sense of humor. Yes. and has a little fun with the students. Maybe you know. Yeah, I, I, the funny little art, little sentence in here it, it says that uh, Father John Doctor said. It's Brother Ed. He's the one who creates them all. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was probably said with love, though. Oh, for sure. For sure. We want to talk about some of these uh, places. It says many of the buildings on campus, which are filled with rumors, unexplained accounts and ghost sightings, including building creaks, footsteps and unusual noises, include the St. Francis Hall, Willer Hall. I believe it's Helen Hall, Helene Hall, Padu Hall as well as the fourth and fifth floor of Francis Hall and Friars Hall. So pretty much every hall in Quincy University has right. some sort of thing going on. But the one that sticks out above all of those is none other than McHugh Theater. Right. right. And uh, both of us have been in... Have you been in, you've been in that theater, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's located in the basement of the St. Francis Hall. It has been the most recognized for its supernatural occurrences. It was constructed and opened in 1966 after being converted from a gymnasium. Ironically hmm. enough, the first play produced by Quincy College was in July of 1872, and the play was called The Ghost. Oh, wow. The theater was named after uh, Charles McHugh. Uh, many of the productions were later directed by Hugh Fitzgerald, chairman of the college theater department uh, from the 1950s through the 1980s. It also says uh, the theaters are always haunted places, especially are since it has a chapel above it. I is it above it? I guess it is. Yeah, Anyways, that was yeah. according to Dr. Barbara Schleppenbach okay. from Quincy University. Interesting juxtaposition. Brings up a good point. 
is that we and I brought this up in the last episode is that there we've we've investigated a ton of churches uh churches that are no longer in service some churches that are in service still that right. still have the uh, have you know services and churches are very active for some reason but it's that brings you a whole nother level, Travis, because we talked about, you know, you got theaters that are haunted. You got churches that are haunted. We have one on top of another. <laughs> That's a lot of juju. Yeah. It's a lot of juju going on there. Have you heard any stories about the theater? It's got a creep factor. I, I don't personally have anything of a paranormal nature, but it there's something. I mean, it's kind of one of those skin crawly places. You know, you can feel like the back of your hair on your neck standing up a little, you know? What's your experience been of that? that I've been in there a few times. Uh, I actually uh, was, when I was working WGEM, WGEM obviously has a real close connection with Quincy University and their media program. And so there was a few times where I had to go down there and help with something. We actually did a couple different programs down there as well that we aired on, on WGEM when I was there. And so it always had, I will admit, I didn't know about the ghost experiences that were there but it always had a weird factor of some sort of weird feeling involved with it also i did hear multiple stories because um i I knew some people that went to school there and that were involved in the theater department and they talked a lot about seeing likewise a man in the in the the booth uh that happened a lot uh, up above they could see like a shadow of a man and they knew nobody was up there i mean you saw people right, in the right. in the, it, throughout the area so uh yeah it's it's very there's a lot of stories coming out of there and uh, another factor i will throw out real quick is that you also have a place right across the street where multiple children passed away and that was St. Francis School well uh, it's worth noting one one of the spots at QU that's no longer there but was when I was younger would be Solano Hall, which was the music department. It's since been raised and torn down, like the same word. At, at any rate, years ago in grade school, I played trombone and I had music lessons there at Solano Hall. And that used to be, I believe, a St. Aloysius Orphanage years ago. Oh, wow. And there was lots of reports of children's voices and just like kind of weird sounds and stuff. And many times when I was in there, this is before I had any, you know, knowledge of any paranormal claims or anything. I'd often be waiting on the person in front of me doing the trombone lessons, and I'd, I'd just kind of roam the halls. And I heard some stuff that I thought was weird. But hmm. again, I was young, you know, grade school level, didn't really suspect anything. But it, it, it did have a super creepy vibe there. It did kind of sound like, I mean, I, I can't tell you exactly, but it sounded like there were lots of kid, like kids almost. Hmm. And I just assumed maybe there's kids in here. And maybe there were. Right. But but it connects. It, it was also a creep, connects creepy place. It's an orphanage. Creepy place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I want to lean somewhat towards fact, but also I, you know, anytime with colleges, people want to make some stories. So yeah. you could have a little yeah. bit of both in there, fact and maybe folklore to some extent, but uh, maybe a little bit of both at Quincy University. But that is a look at our locations. And I know you guys are out there. You've listened to these last two episodes. and You're thinking, wait, 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 wait. That cannot be all of them. <laughs> and we agree. It is not all. Oh, there's That's, more. 
there's all that's the ones we can get information on we found about another five or six uh just actually i'll pull them up real quick the ones that we didn't include but we know about tremont hotel newcomb hotel lincoln douglas the dick brothers brewery franklin school and then of course i'll tell this one to you if you want to check out maybe we'll have a link on this these show notes for this episode there's a very crazy youtube video that was just released a few years ago for the eagle's nest hotel across from the convention center that you can check out as well and uh so that's some just some of the areas that are potentially haunted. so many more places that didn't make it on the list that i think we we or all aware of, but feel free to throw it at us too. And now you're saying to yourself, wait, Chris, there's more. That's not it. <laughs> you're right. That's still not it because we have uh, three more areas that we're going to talk about in our upcoming episode because uh, these three are places that I have personally spent multiple hours investigating and... So is somebody else. We'll be talking with Bobby Grovo next time. She is uh, my sidekick in paranormal experiences. We have a, a channel together called American Ghost. You can check out the videos for that on YouTube. And we're going to be talking about her experiences at uh, Woodland Cemetery as well as the Quincy Museum. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about her experience with what she calls the Jeepers Creepers dude at Washington theater we'll be talking about that next week with bobby so travis before we wrap up are we missing anything i'm sure we are and i'm sure we'll hear about it but it's been a fun ride and i look forward to seeing what kind of crazy excitement comes next in wild october of wild quincy for travis hoffman i'm chris ketters you've been listening to the wild october of wild quincy right here on wild quincy and we'll catch you guys next time take care everybody We all go a little mad sometimes.